welcome to or welcome back hopefully to uh, episode four of the college friends podcast um today we uh have an interview with connor ingram uh, lined up here in the middle which was uh, awesome you know our first hopefully not the last professional hockey player we get on the pod uh we got some uh world series recap talk um possibility of an all nhl uh or all sorry all canadian nhl division uh for the upcoming season and then uh we got some other war stories that we're gonna dive into and uh cleveland browns uh couldn't beat the wind uh yesterday so, <laughs> so let's uh <laughs> let's start off with um the possibility of an all canadian nhl division um, there's been a lot of talk about it given you know with everything going on with covid um quarantining when you have to get into canada so Honestly, it makes sense if it does happen. Um, you know, the season probably won't be starting until January or so. So there's time for things to change in the world and COVID and everything. But as of right now, uh, I think there's a decent chance of it happening. What uh, What do you guys think of it? I mean, I think it makes sense as like as far as like the COVID side. Um, it's just less travel. You guys, you, you stay within the country. You don't have to isolate for two weeks. Um, but as far as like the health side, it means, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to add up. Right. And, uh, if they do that, I can't even imagine myself watching any of the other divisions. I think that'd be the one to watch the whole time. I mean, why you probably would disagree with that being a Blackhawks fan, but yeah, uh, no, I actually, I don't mind them. I mean, I think it just for any team that's moved into a new division, it would be pretty cool just to have a little change of scenery playing a lot of games against uh, some other teams. But yeah, I think for the Eastern Canadian teams that travel might be, might get a little old pretty quick having to go out West and St. Right. Going the other way to all those Western teams having to go out East, but. I'd love the, I'd love the new rivalry to make for sure though. Like obviously Calgary and Edmonton would still be as it was the last few years, but I feel like, you know, some of those other rivalries might intensify. Um, just being playing each other all the time, it'd be it'd be getting pretty chippy, and I'd love that. Yeah, I yeah. think uh, one, like, I obviously, I really like the idea of it. One negative that I kind of have been thinking about is, um, as a fan, I like to see as many Canadian teams in the playoffs as possible, and obviously that would limit that um, with – probably it would be four at most that could make the playoffs with wildcard spots. So that would kind of take away from it, but it would really create excitement for the entire season. Um, you know, as a Habs fan, we don't get to see Edmonton, Vancouver, Calgary, Winnipeg very often. So, you know, those are some pretty exciting teams to watch and that would be pretty cool. I'm just picturing a uh, Kachuk brothers matchup all the yeah, time. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, that a lot more. Yeah. Um, I think like Ottawa's on the come up, but I mean, I think every team in that division would compete. There wouldn't be many big blowouts. It'd be exciting hockey. So on that side of it, it'd be pretty cool too. And I think it would be nice as a Blackhawks fan to not see them in that central division for a little bit. <laughs> Got yeah. pretty beaten up in that one. Yeah, that's a tough one right now. So. Would like to move over and play some games against Detroit. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I was going to say I would miss playing against Ooh. them, but uh, we, we got swept by Detroit last year. So, <laughs> if any, do you think any team would benefit the most from a reshuffling that they would, that's kind of been 
the way uh, done by the the playoffs. I don't know. I think uh, I think Vancouver would benefit because I would say some of the teams like well. I don't know. The off season's kind of changed, but I think for the most part, the Canadian teams that they're playing against are easier to easier to play against than a lot of the teams they play out west. Like Edmonton's pretty easy to play against. They play against them anyway. But you know, Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal. Like, I mean, like for the most part, compared to the other teams that they play, they would be a little easier to play against as a like over the course of a season. I mean, I don't think the Leafs in any situation are an easy team to play against. I think they're probably going to be the toughest team to play against all next year. Yeah. That, that, in the regular season, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I meant, like, physically-wise. Like, you know, we're not talking about shots on goal here. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, good thing that the the Habs, you know, signed an enforcer to a seven-year deal to score one goal a year, maybe getting one fight or two. Yeah, that's how much Rex knows. He just called Josh Anderson an enforcer. So. <laughs> well, he talked about how he's just a big power forward that's going to add, you know, grit to your team and scoring. But, like, yeah, he is. Yeah, if I he's mean, scoring, you, can, you can't hit people. I forgot. So. Yeah. I, not, I think not, it's not, in Ontario. Yeah. Actually, yeah, true. <laughs> no, actually, uh, I think those reports that came out, well, we're talking about how there was reports in the OHL that came out. Um, saying that they're not having body checking this year, but uh, I seen on Twitter the premier said that that's not official, and he hopes to see body checking. So was that Doug Ford? It yeah. was Doug Ford. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah he, I, that, that's the guy that likes that, that likes hitting in hockey. You can just tell by the way he walks around. <laughs> or he's a, I'd say he's the premier. Is he the mayor of Toronto or the premier? He's the what is he? Premier of Ontario, uh, I think. He's the premier. I think. Yeah. I I don't know who he is, but he's. I just know he looks like he's a big hoss. Yeah. Well, hopefully that happens because uh, I just can't imagine the OHL being played like some Adam A games. <laughs> I, also, I also didn't think there'd come a day that uh, politicians would be vowing whether they're in favor or against hitting in uh, in hockey. But yeah, that, you know, for a fact, that'd get him some votes, though. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. like one thing that I thought of when that came out was like there's a lot of prospects in the OHL that are kind of on the bubble of playing junior and playing pro. And there's no way that their NHL teams would let them play in a league with no checking to get them, like to get them ready for pro. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Are no, they still I mean, planning on having a Memorial cup and playoffs and all that? Or have they talked about that? I, I don't know. I don't think they've officially decided it. I think they said it would be later. Um, because on- if they, if they do have one, what's the OHL just going to go, a whole season without hitting and they'll come across and just play teams from the dub. And I, I honestly, I really <laughs> doubt that will be played like, because the, the Q has been playing for a month now. Yeah. Like, so yeah. They, they've been playing since the first of October and the OHL isn't starting until February. Like there's no way like that makes sense to yeah. play each other at the end. So, and then the dub pushed back their start date again, but I think the SJHL Jordy, are they playing games already? Yeah, they're. I don't know if it's preseason or if it's a regular season. Yeah, I think they're just the starting up, guy. but they they said that dub guys are eligible to play, so they just like all these guys that come whatever the date that WHL starts up again. Then they're just like those guys are playing on the SJ teams until the uh, till their their league is on. So imagine like being a guy that like would definitely be a shoe in to play in the SJ, just 
now he's hey you're not on the team until uh till february because we got all these guys coming in yeah i mean that would kind of create a ripple effect too like sj yeah going down to junior b and then the junior b you know lads would have nowhere to play they'd just be playing chow like me going to see <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well uh i think that uh that leads us into our interview with uh connor ingham it was pretty cool to have him on um so yeah, I think you guys will enjoy it. Next on the show, we got a 2016 third round draft pick to the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, goaltender for Team Canada World Junior Team in 2017, and a 2020 AHL All Star with the Milwaukee Admirals. Let's welcome Connor Ingram to the pod. 2015 Saskatoon Diamondbacks batting leader, by the way. <laughs> in the nine hole. 425 out of the nine hole. How in the you? nine hole, even. Hey, my last year, I batted leadoff. It gave me some respect. <laughs> so, you got the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about overcoming adversity, hey? Yeah, no kidding. Nine-hole right field, I was Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> Going back to your playing days with the Saskatoon Diamond, Diamondbacks, you're a midget AAA player. Your first year of midget hockey, who'd you play with? Uh, midget hockey. I played my first year with Humble and then played with PA my second year and then was in Camus my third year. So your first year of midget playing a higher level of baseball than hockey. Let's, uh, let's talk about your journey of growing up in Saskatchewan playing hockey and how you got to the point that you're at right now. Yeah, it was a gong show. I was all over the place. <laughs> I played in Humble, Quivette, Warman, Saskatoon, PA. I, there's a lot of driving, so. So in 2014, like you'd mentioned, you played with the Prince Albert Pinto's Tells Cup champs. You were part of history in that one. The longest game in tournament history, if I remember correctly, triple overtime win, 60 saves in that one. Walk us through that game, which, what you were going through in that one. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. It was, it's a, it's a while ago now. Jeez. Uh. Yeah, it was fun. We we shouldn't have even been there, really. We hosted, like, a regional tournament to get in and then won that somehow and then went there and somehow won that, too. So we were the Cinderella story. But, yeah, it was, like, a 128 minutes or something we played before someone scored at the end. And it was a gong show. It was a lot of fun, though. And it was cool that it was close to home. Like, uh, there was a lot of people there that I knew. So yeah. it was fun. So, Connor, obviously, as, as uh, Wyatt mentioned in the bio, you uh, played in the 2017 World Juniors. So, kind of walk us through that experience, like starting with um, maybe the evaluation camp and then also talk about how cool it was playing, especially in that tournament in, in Canada, which is something that you hear a lot about. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Even to get to go to camp was, was awesome. And I remember laying in our hotel room with me and Thomas Shabbat were rooming together. So we were sitting there waiting to see if the phone was going to ring, if one of us was going to get cut. And but you knew it wasn't going to be him if the phone rang. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. And then to play it in Canada, like you said, was awesome. Uh, all my family was there and it's pretty cool. It, it was a fun tournament and yeah, we, we lost it in the shootout at the end, but uh, it was it's pretty cool. It's it's something I don't think, especially in Canada, like it's probably the biggest sporting event that goes on, even just right around Christmas. Like probably a month long lead up up to the tourney, and you end up going to a shootout to decide it. What 
or the emotions with that one might as well just flip a coin over it after all that uh, all that work what what were you yeah, guys doing? it was wild I like I didn't play even so I just had the best seat in the house to watch yeah. one of the best world junior games ever played basically and yeah it was wild it was it was pretty cool to be there and like we sold out the bell center that night in montreal which is an atmosphere in itself so it, it was pretty fun i can't imagine what would have went down if we would have won it in that place yeah <laughs> so connor it was you <clears throat> and it was carter hart the goalies that year uh talk about your relationship with him are you guys pretty good buddies or uh me and hearty i don't i since then we, have, we don't talk very often i i got his number and it's snapchat and things like that but no he's uh we kind of live our lives a little differently. He's a, he's a guy that gets up and meditates and, and does things like that. So he's a, he's a really nice guy and a really good teammate, but uh, me and him didn't really have much in common going in, but I have nothing to get, but good things to say about him. And then uh, going back. So we talked about how you got drafted in 2016. Um, walk us through like the pre-draft stuff that you went through and then draft night in itself. Uh, were there some surprises that night or were you kind of expecting Tampa Bay to maybe select you? Yeah, I, I had no idea. I went uh, so I went through a draft once. It was my second year of eligibility, technically, and I'd only done about six interviews. So I, I had no idea what was going to go on. And I was actually in Kamloops and I was I was about to get on a plane to go home. This is a good story, actually. I was about to get on a plane to go home and uh, our flight. I was supposed to be home at like 10 in the morning or something. I was going to go golfing with my dad for the day and just kind of enjoy it. And my flight got uh, delayed and I, I didn't leave camps till about noon. And I was, I had, uh, I downloaded the Sportsnet app and I was listening to the draft on my phone and a guy from our team, Garrett Pilon went 87th and I went 88th. So yeah. I was listening to it on my phone and I was walking like across the tarmac in Kamloops to get to the plane. And I heard like they were doing their interviews and stuff and you could hear in the background, it goes uh, with the 87th pick the Washington Capitals select from the Camus Blazers. And I started to freak out. And then he said, Garrett Pilon. And I went, fuck this. Like, <laughs> I'm about to get on a plane. Like, I'm going to turn my phone off. I'm going to throw it in airplane mode. Like, we'll see what happens when I get off in Calgary. And if I would have lasted another 30 seconds, I would have heard my name called. But I was so mad that I got my hopes up. And I was really happy for Peeler. But I, when he said from Camus, I thought it was me. And then it wasn't. And I was like, nah, I'm done with this. So then I got on the plane. And when I got off uh, when I got off the plane in Calgary, it's only about a 45-minute flight. I had like 215 texts or something and like 17 missed calls. So I didn't even get the draft day phone call like most guys get. I, I missed it. I was 25,000 feet in the air. <laughs> Dang, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it was. Uh, I I figured it out because I went it into like when you go into your phone, you can hit recents, and I started looking through the area codes, and one of the very first ones I got was from Tampa, so that's that's kind of how I found out. Yeah. <laughs> so you had a great season last year, um, AHL All Star. Um, kind of walk us through um, the season and how and how that's going so far, the development wise. Yeah, it was a lot of fun last year. I obviously I got traded last summer for for not much, so it kind of puts a chip on your shoulder to, to prove yourself a little bit. And uh, it was awesome. I love Nashville. I love Milwaukee. Milwaukee is a very underrated city. It's, it's beautiful. And there's a lot going on and I lived right on the river. It was, it was really fun. And then obviously when the, when the team's winning, it's, it's more enjoyable too. So it was too bad that we got cut off. I, I think we made a, maybe would have made a run for it there at the end, but uh, 
because that's the way she goes in 2020. And I guess uh, balancing off that, is there kind of like a plan you guys have so far for the AHL season coming up or is it just kind of, kind of unknown still? I think uh, the start date is set for February 5th right now for the AHL, but I think that's just kind of a, a date to work towards. So uh, I don't think it'll be any earlier than that, but uh, I'm hoping it's no later than that either. And what do you got going on right now just to kind of stay in that, uh, that headspace and prepping for the upcoming season? Not a whole lot. I, I go and I work out every day and then skate a couple times a week. And then uh, we just started checking in with the NHLPA and uh, SHA to see if I can play some senior hockey until we start back up. And, oh. I was going to mention uh, that uh, which senior hockey team do you call? Like, which which senior hockey team would you claim? Well, uh, when I was, like, in grade nine, Imperial got their senior team back. <laughs> For, I think this was the first year they don't have it. So they had it for six or seven years there. So uh, you got to claim the Imperial Sabres. Which league would they be in? The Wheatland League. Okay, so you're playing against the Craig Warriors and some of those guys. Yeah, Craig, Allen, those guys. Back in the dub. Yeah, back <laughs> in the dub. <laughs> right on. Um, so, yeah, and just growing up in a house of four boys – you had a big into sports um, and all the stuff you've accomplished so far. Where do where do all your uh, awards and stuff kind of rank on the on the fireplace mantle with Brent and Joni? They kind of just like putting them all <laughs> running out of space for Connor's stuff, or what's the? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think they really care about me anymore. My oldest <laughs> brother has uh, two kids, and then Mark got married last summer, and Kieran's getting married next summer. So I'm just the kid that kind of floats in and out of home every couple of months. So <laughs> they, uh, no, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff on that mantle already from, from the three older ones. So I think they are, uh, they're pretty proud of all of us. Like, how did you get into goaltending? Was it just going to be in the, the youngest one in the family that all Connor's got to strap on the gear and they just rip pucks at you all day on the driveway or was what, uh, what led you to goaltending? I, I honestly think so. Like, my parents were paramedics, so they would go out on runs together and just leave us four boys at home. So you're basically just trying to survive as the youngest. And when somebody tells you to strap on the pads for mini sticks, you weren't going to say no or else it wasn't <laughs> going to be good for you. Our house was anarchy. Yeah. Anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, did you get out golfing much this summer? I know it was literally the summer of golf with COVID. It seems like everyone and their dog was golfing. Yeah, no, it was good. I, I uh, Even when we were down in Nashville, we, we took a little roadie down to Alabama and played some of the Robert Trent Jones Trail, it's called. And there was uh, some pretty sweet courses down there. But you're right, there wasn't much else to do other than golf. So I did get a lot in this year. When did broke you – uh, how long were you in Nashville till? Um, I was there like June 15th, I think I got there. And then I went to the bubble when the bubble started, basically. All right. What uh, what was that experience like? I didn't realize that you were in there. Yeah, I was in Edmonton. It was uh, it was cool. Like there were they did a really good job of having enough stuff for us to do. Like there was golf simulators, and you can go over and watch the, any games you wanted. And we all had our own lounges and bars and restaurants inside the bubble. Like you were never bored in there, so it was pretty cool. Even just walking around, you'd see guys that like you'd see Patty Kane or Phil the Thrill Kessel or taves and like just even those guys would just like walk past you and you'd almost have to just kind of like look back Duck. and be like, where am i right now 
Yeah, that was something I wanted to ask you next. Like with all those teams being in that same bubble, um, was there any chance to kind of meet up with some other guys or with the restrictions? Was it basically each team limited to your own uh, your own area? If you went into like one of the restaurants or or you went to like grab a, a glass of wine or something like that, you would you would see all the other teams in there and their coaches and players and it was all like basically we all got there and we all knew that we were negative because you got tested every day. So they did they did a good job in the restaurants of like trying to keep you to your own tables, but like you you would obviously just see those guys in there all the time. Yeah. That's sick. You uh yeah a glass of wine every now and again uh, is there a favorite <laughs> bottle that you your go-to or do you like <laughs> no i'm i'm truly not a wine drinker i'm not gonna lie to you we uh the only wine i drink is i live with uh two of my really good buddies here in saskatoon and uh one thing that we always do if if one of us ever like gets a new job or it's our birthday or anything we always we always buy them a bottle of baby duck <laughs> like our, our celebratory thing is if you do something cool or it's your birthday you're getting a bottle of baby duck yeah <laughs> all right that's kind of like numa twisted tees no no i've been fun, I've been fun. <laughs> there's no laws when you're on the claws eh? yeah that's right so you get going and then you gotta move on right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course um uh you you speak pretty highly of kind of the nashville organization being in milwaukee um you said that obviously like the return in that trade wasn't high but was it kind of a nice to get a fresh start in that organization? Yeah, it was. It, it had gotten to a point where they had told me that it was time to move on. So I had never, I'd never asked for a trade or anything like that. It just, uh, just some things didn't work out kind of. And then they had told me that they were, they were going to try and move me for whatever they could. So I was, I was kind of expecting it. I was almost doing like pre-draft interviews with teams before I got traded. So teams could kind of find out about me, which is different, but, uh, it's how it works. So I think like two days before I got traded, I had a call with Nashville just to kind of ask me questions and see what I was like. It was, it was a weird experience. I don't think a lot of people go through that when they're getting traded. Yeah, that's, that's interesting for sure. When you look at your stats across every level, you've just had good numbers everywhere you've been just stopping pucks. Now when you're locked in, how do you feel like, does the puck look any bigger? Does it look like it's coming in slower? Uh, I know I can only kind of relate it to baseball, where it's like when you're locked in, things just seem to slow down. But is that kind of translate the same thing on the ice when you're in net? Yeah, exactly. And like, so like, I'm like, I'm a goalie, so like, I'm super weird. I got like the little like, things that I do, and like some days all your like little superstitions and rituals are like running super smoothly, or some days they aren't. It's it's just yeah. some days you feel a lot better than others. It's I'm sure baseball relates. I've never slept with my bat, but uh, some <laughs> stuff like that. So you say that you're a little bit superstitious. What are some of the uh, superstitions that you like to stay true to? Oh man, like <laughs> it's the list is too long. Like it's it's not even superstitious. I'm more I'm more like if it goes wrong, it doesn't bother me. But I like to have my kind of like routine, like times when like I'm doing certain things at the rink or like when I start getting dressed. Like I know like I. I always wait like as late as I can before I get dressed because I don't like to sit in a room just like fully dressed with my thoughts. Like I don't want to do that. Yeah. So like, I'll wait till there's like six minutes before warm ups before I start getting dressed just to kind of like as soon as I'm ready to go, like it's go time kind of thing. That's kind of what Noom does when he's got to dress up in dress clothes. <laughs> Avoid as like many as possible. 
Hey, Rex. Starts making some pancakes in the armpits. Uh. <laughs> it's not, not the worst when Noom starts sweating through his jacket. <laughs> well, through the jacket's tough. I know. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't fun. That's why you should never own a gray suit. <laughs> no, I don't. I never have. Never will. <laughs> I'm a big Navy guy, too. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. It's a good thing I'm going to be a gym teacher. I'll be wearing sweats and t-shirts every day. How many uh, how many suits you got in the wardrobe right now? Do you expand in the PK Subban collection, kind of? <laughs> no, I'm not a big style guy. Like I'm sitting here in a 22 fresh hoodie and some Lulu sweats. Like I'm not a big style guy. But uh, I think I got three, and then I own like nine pairs of Lulu dress pants, so I can just like cycle in and out colors. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, I'm not bougie enough. <laughs> you got to tell them about White Show Stadium. Oh, man. Yeah, we, uh, I don't think I've even told you guys we had a D-backs tradition once a summer, kind of towards the end of the year. We'd, uh, over at my place, we'd set up a little wiffle ball stadium with the, the splash pool in center field and, yeah, just kind of spend the day out there. Oh, I heard that football. story before. Sparks is so proud of that. He told that. He told me that story twice. Yeah, no, I yeah, played out there for like four hours the one day. Yeah, it's a pretty little park too. Yeah, you got the like the the net that you like practice pitching into was first base. It was wild. Yeah, yeah for when why it's a closer and senior. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I got to practice somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you never played senior baseball in SAS, did you, Connor? Um, I played like four games for the Dodgers my first year out. Okay, that's the same league that I play in. Talk a little bit about that league. It's, I mean, there's, there's some good players in it. It's not like you can just show up and expect to go four for four, hey? Well, it is. Like, there's guys like me who, like, scrape through midget AAA, and then there's guys that, like, actually know what they're doing. So it's just an absolute gong show. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. I, I also played right field and batted nine hole in that league. That so- sounds a lot like uh, those East Coast senior leagues, too. No, no, no. <laughs> All right, Connor. Well, thanks for coming on, man. It was uh, it was good to catch up with you and talk about what's going on with you right now. So, yeah, appreciate it. Sometime we'll go get some baby duck. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> awesome, Connor. Best of luck this year. Yeah, thanks, boys. See you later. Yeah. All right, we'd like to thank uh, Connor again for coming on. It was cool to hear uh, some of the stories that he had, especially uh, draft day stuff. Um, one other thing that I forgot to mention uh, off the top was uh, we're doing our our stuff on Zoom right now, so we might have uh, some content for you guys on our Instagram page. Go follow us. Um, seems to be working pretty well. So our next topic um, we're going to get into is the World Series recap ended on, I don't know when it was, a week ago from today around. Um, and I think that the whole Justin Turner situation kind of took away from how, <laughs> I mean, how the Dodgers won, but first off, um, what did you guys think of this series? Like as it was played, there was, well, well first, first of all, let's congratulate you for the exact prediction. That's right. I believe you, got, you got, you got MVP, right. And you got how many games the Dodgers would win in. Yeah. Um, I felt, uh, you know, I felt, uh, pretty proud of myself for that but then i was kind of getting roasted by some of my buddies saying how easy it was to predict that and i'm like i don't know there was 25 guys on the roster like 
Yeah, I mean, what they could have predicted it. I mean, we didn't hear them say it. So, uh, don't don't let them bring it down, buddy. That was a good prediction. <laughs> you got another hot take for us lined up, Noom? For the Dodgers or just in general? Or Dodgers in general, ride, riding the wave from your last one. Oh, um, well, I think we're, we're kind of in a pause here for sports. Um, I don't know. I don't have anything right now. If it, if it comes up, I'll, uh, I'll figure something out. I was just gonna, I was just gonna say it was great. I mean, it was a great World Series. Um, there's some super exciting games. I think Game Five was such a crazy finish. Um, but overall, it was it was just a great World Series. I'm glad I'm glad they finally got to finish it off. I mean, I mean, I think the MLB was pretty thankful it was done when it was done because who knew who knows what would have happened um, Game Seven with all the guys that could have had COVID at that point. Yeah, would have been nuts. Um, I guess one thing that we can't skip past when we talk about the series is when Blake Snell got pulled from the game in game six and then, you know, he came out with unbelievable stat line. They were up one, nothing was it? And then two quick runs right away. And then it seemed like just the game was pretty much over at that point. So, you know, what did you guys think of that decision? Obviously the, the new style of baseball analytically kind of led to that decision, but I don't know. You have to kind of read the situation better. I think. No, I think if you're going to play the analytics card on that one. So, I, I mean, there were some stats going around saying that Snell after the fourth inning or something, his ERA skyrocketed. But uh, if you're playing the analytics card, I don't think you can go to uh, – what was that guy's name even that came in? Hartone, right? I think it was. Yeah. What, yeah. Like, I don't think you can go to him because he'd had some shitty numbers in the playoffs as well. Like, if you're playing the analytics, that's – might not be your first guy to yeah. to come out of the pen in that situation. But, yeah, I think it's tough when you got a guy that's got a fresh Cy Young award sitting in his uh, in his house to pull him. You could tell he wanted to uh, to stay in that game there, game and season and title on the line, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, my take on the analytics is it's a super long season. Like, analytics, you need analytics to get through 162-game season um, just to have that edge. But when you get to the playoffs, like there's still that human element. Um, you got to ride the hot hand, and some guys perform, you know, with with the spotlight and all the nervous energy better than others. Um, and Blake Snell seems to be that guy, and it's a shame. But I, I mean, it, the, they did get there because of analytics. So I mean, there's two sides to the story, that's for sure. Rex, just you know, let's kind of uh, think of this situation. You know, you're in a playoff game. Say you're in the finals against the dry. You're feeling good. Striking <laughs> some boys out. Seventh inning comes. Big Brew's hot in the pen. Enrico goes to him. What do you What do you think of <laughs> Big Brew? <laughs> oh, I mean, I'd be I'd be flipping. Like, I, if I was if I was Blake Snell, I'd be mad. Like, you, at that point, you think it's your game, um, yeah. and you don't want the ball to be taken under your hand until until you feel like you, you know, you're not the best guy for the job, and not many competitors ever think that, right? So. At some point, you do need to, you know, let the guy take the guy out of the game. But I don't think at 72 pitches or whatever it was, was the time. Um, yeah. Especially with the next three guys being 0 for 6 against them. Do you, do you guys think that if you leave them in and say Snell ends up getting shelled, you think that we're sitting here talking about how the analytics told us that he, he maybe starts to slip in, what was it, the sixth inning? Do you think we'd be sitting here talking about, like, vice versa, like the other way around? Or do you think yeah, absolutely. That's what we're here to do. <laughs> like, I think, I don't know. It, it, it was, he was only at 70 some pitches, like, and he was 
absolutely dicing the top of the lineup. Like, obviously, it could have happened the other way around, but I, I, I wouldn't have had that much to say about it if they left him in and he was the guy. Yeah. That was you wanna, you wanna get beat by your best, like you, exactly. Yeah. There's no what yeah. if. I'm gonna leave it all out there. Exactly. Limit- yeah. If if you got pulled after four and a third after every start, you would have had probably some of the best numbers of all time. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> okay, that that might be true. <laughs> I, I I diced there two times through the lineup, and then the third yeah. time around, there you know it was putting up a couple crooked numbers up there. <laughs> Mister four and two thirds. <laughs> I'd be stuck. To, yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm not like Newman. Newman, Newman's a soft lefty. He he gets better as the game goes on because his arm doesn't get sore. Yeah, I'm just like a rubber band, apparently. <laughs> rubber band that can't stretch very far. It's, it's like like when he's on the power play, he gets better as uh, as his <laughs> gets longer. Yeah, we'll have to tell that story sometime. You gonna talk a little bit about your uh, your side of the kidney stone story for us? I know we've kind of let everyone else have their own uh, own opinion and <laughs> tell their side of the kidney stone story. So I think we should hear it from from the man himself. Yeah. So hopefully I give a brief version of this, but there's a lot of little details that have to go into it. Um, so I remember we arrived late in uh, St. Cloud for a midweek uh, the next day. I was sleeping with uh, Sal uh, in a hotel room and I wake up. <laughs> at uh i don't know eight o'clock maybe just for a piss and then i remember like my side was so sore and i was like oh my god like i must have been sleeping half off the bed last night or something and then um uh drew a blast words buddy what about when you woke up so anyway i tried to go no so i tried to go back to bed and then uh um was just in so much pain I couldn't and then was getting messages about a team breakfast at 10 a.m. And so I tried to shower, get ready, get dressed. And I remember when I showered, was in a lot of pain, got out of the shower, was throwing up in the toilet because of the pain. Rex was calling me, saying, calling me a bitch for not being down. And I literally, after I got out of the bathroom, I was literally laying in bed, could not move just like moaning because of the pain. So, what did it sound like? like what, what did it sound like? What did it sound like? <laughs> no, we can't do that. No. We're going to cut that one out. Kids. Yeah. No, uh, so oh, I liked it. But I didn't want to tell the coaches right away. So I, I went next door to a uh, guy on our team. He's a nursing major. Went to ask him what was going on. And first thing he said was, when's the last time you took a shit? And... <laughs> And so I really kind of drew a blank because I didn't expect that answer. I don't know. I must have said yesterday or whatever. And he said, well, you know, he felt where the pain was. And he was like, well, sometimes, like, if you don't shit for a while, it gets clogged up there and causes pain. I was like. He could feel the shit in you, hey? Yeah, he grabbed it. You know, it was probably a little squishy, but, you know. But, uh, yeah, so he was like, go, uh, go down to the lobby, get some coffee go to the toilet and fucking push as hard as he can. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Like I believed him. Fuck. He knew more than I did. So then I tried that and, uh, didn't go so well. Uh, I think I was bleeding a little bit. I was crying cause of the pain. 
And uh, so I had to go to the coach's room, tell them like what was going on. And then Arnie, our assistant coach, we rode a city transit bus to the hospital. And uh, I got in, got on some IVs, felt better. They told me it was either kidney stone or uh, uh, I don't know. What's the thing like uh, appendix, appendix. And they figured it was a stone. I pissed it out into a big old bottle basically mm-hmm. and then uh passed out for a couple hours woke up and arnie wasn't there and then uh garrett webb was there beside my bed and uh and yeah so then i had to go to, back to the field because we were playing two games that day and then I, I was still in so much pain from basically the entire day and then as jd mentioned previously on the podcast i was not doing so well during the games. I don't remember those games at all. And, and yeah, I get you know, a lot though. Looking back now, is it like, is there one specific like meal or like little, I don't know, extra large Papa John's or something that you slammed in, in the belly that you're like, Oh fuck. Shouldn't have had that. That might've yeah, could have been a lot different. Um, yeah. Something I forgot to touch on. You know, I would say that was my freshman year. That was probably, you know, I'm no specimen right now, but I would say that was the most unhealthy I was <laughs> in my life. Uh, <laughs> I was probably having a few too many sugary beverages. Um, you know, Twisted Teas probably did some damage to me. And then uh, cafeteria food, lots of sodium, you know, wasn't treating myself very well. So, so do you watch your uh, sodium intake now and your twisted tea intake or do you? I actually do. Um, DZ can attest to this. Like when I'm grocery shopping, I actually look for sodium in a lot of products. So. Oh, nice. Nice buddy. Glad to, glad to see that, you, that the experience made you grow as a person. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess so. I guess you could say that. <laughs> Worst pain in your life. <laughs> would you say? Oh yeah. I was Literally in the in the hotel or not the hotel. Well, the hotel too, but the hospital in uh, St. Cloud. I was literally like moaning and screaming for like an hour and a half. Oh until, my god! Like until like the pain meds kicked in. Like Arnie would do. Like Arnie, you know, Arnie's not speechless very often, but he didn't know what to say at that point. How, uh, <laughs> how does it rank to seeing the Pacioretty Char incident live? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was more traumatic, that yeah. or, or the Pat? Uh. I mean, definitely the kidney stone, but like, I really don't like thinking about the Patriotty incident either. So, okay, here's a question for you. Here's a would you rather? Would you rather have another kidney stone like that or have Chara slam me into the turnbuckle? Go around the board with that one. Kidney stone or I? Well, like, I mean, I don't know. Patriotty like broke his neck and everything, but uh... well, are, are we on the road or at home? Yeah, that's yeah, that's. that's <laughs> um, uh, I mean. I'd probably go kidney stone realistically because, you know, the damage is done after a couple of days rather than, you know, trying to come back from those injuries. So. Okay. Okay. Was that a good enough answer, X? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I, I think I picked the chair hit. What? How? <laughs> I, I don't know. I've heard really bad things about kidney stones and I feel like. No, you'd get crippled I, by chara though. Well, yeah. I mean, it would hurt. And, but like, I don't know, like, You'd break some stuff. People like, remember my people Chara. remember my name for being crushed by Chara. Um, people really don't care if I had a kidney stone. Yeah, that's true. I would rather be in the NHL and get absolutely lit up than piss yeah. off. I think I probably they probably yeah. have great health benefits and stuff too. I'd be well taken care of. 
Yeah, I think yeah, really only one of those makes a highlight reel. Only one of those puts you on sports then. Yeah. You're not, not thinking, you're not thinking big. Yeah, I'm just gonna fuck myself after that answer. <laughs> well, you're not really thinking big enough. No, you're just right. Think no, you guys are right. Any publicity is yeah. good publicity. Thank you. Next hey, next time yeah. somebody asks me that scenario, I'll go with the chara. Perfect, buddy. Glad you, I mean you're growing. That's what we need. Yeah. Yeah. Not in the good way. Dude, did they say if um like it's possible for that to happen again, like pretty easy. Yeah. Or? So the worst part is most people that have them, like they continue to get them. Like I know my grandfather has gotten them quite a bit and they end up getting pretty big and they have to blast them inside of you. So to like split them up so they can go through the pee pee hole. Okay. <laughs> all, right, well, all right. Well, let's, let's move on. Doom. Uh, what kind of topics we got for, got for sex here? Um, well, since I don't like your smile so much right now, let's talk about the Browns game yesterday. Uh, well, like, what do you what do you want for this? You want like a quick breakdown or quick breakdown? Well, this is back to back weeks that you've been pretty shooken up yeah. after a, a loss. Are the boys going to be able to bounce? No, back? we we won. Well, we won two weeks ago against Cincinnati. Uh, uh, oh yeah, trade yeah, yeah, yeah. De- trade deadlines tonight. Uh, um, or maybe tomorrow at noon, I believe, actually. Um, Browns need help. We need help. I, I can't handle watching running backs who are average run for five, six, seven yards every time. Our linebackers suck. Our safety suck. Our defensive tackles suck. It's just sad. I, I mean, I, I, this, like, obviously I'm a lot happier now um, being, like, being part of a winning football team, like being a fan for a winning football team than it was when we – just didn't win, but man, it's a frustrating winning team. Every week, it's something different. Uh, but honestly, I'd rather lose with Baker being not the problem um, than when he is the problem on our losses. A lot of different conversations on Monday. Uh, the media is not really calling for his head. It's kind of just you know people let it go. Um, but I mean, move on. We're on a bye week. Two weeks off. Get healthy. Get right. We're back at it. So now that you've had a week to let your hot take from uh, last episode sink in, do you still think the Browns are better without OBJ? Well, I tried to come back on that a little bit um, and, say, and like say I never said that, but I got called out actually by a fan uh, of the pod Big who fan. quoted me word for word saying I did say that. So I did say it. Um, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the hot take. I think long term. I actually like the way uh, Baker played. Like, he made the right reads and he threw the ball to, you know, the, you know, whoever's open, not just looking for OBJ. Um, obviously nobody's nearly as dynamic as him. Um, so let me rephrase it. Uh, I think Baker will be better without OBJ, but the Browns, uh, it will hurt the Browns. If that makes sense to you guys. Yeah, n- not really, but I'll take it. Well, I, I, I mean, you're I just don't think there'll be as, this, as many explosive plays without him, but I also think Baker will have less interceptions and more completions. Yeah, he's not going to worry about it as much. I actually like throwing the worst receivers. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're coming from, but uh, it's, it's a hot take for sure. So. Yeah. Is that kind don't of call it a cool take. Is that kind of talked about in Browns media, or is that just a Rex hot take? Yeah, it was. Yeah. 100%. No, it was. It was. Everyone was talking. All right, Zoom shut us down because Noom was talking about his PP. So, <laughs> the first time I've been shut down, eh? <laughs> Where did we leave off, Rexy? Did we cut you off? 
Uh, yeah, I think we're just finishing up the Browns talk. Um, but hey, we're just going to do what Kevin Savancy said. We're going to move on and we're going to get to next week. Who do you play next week? That's it. No, no more, no, no more Browns talk. Uh, we, you know what? It's a lot easier to talk with them after a win. That's for sure. Well, you know, as, as a true fan, like you are, you got to be able to do both, buddy. Well, I mean, I can, and I just did, Noom. Um, okay, sorry. I mean, what else do you want me to say? The defense was – well, the defense was terrible. I mean, I, I can't play defense for them. You think if you grew up in Texas, you could? Well, yeah, it would be it'd be a completely different story if I grew up in Texas. I'd be, I'd be trapped them up with them. Yeah, just a little backstory in that comment there. Rex always says that uh, if he grew up in Texas – with his big old body, he'd be, uh, he'd be in the NFL right now. So, Whoa. I mean, I'm 6'6". Six, six. I'm about 260. If I grew up in Texas, I'd be a 330-pounder, 100%. They would have they they would have knew I was no lineman. And I'd be I'd – be, I mean, I'd be on Monday Night Football right now being 330 pounds, being a disgusting human being, but making a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hard to disagree with that, I guess. <laughs> They'd be plumping you up at Pizza Ranch, hey? <laughs> <laughs> just, just eat big fella. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is crazy how that's real, though. Like, they just tell everyone they have to eat a lot. If you're over 300 pounds and you can move even a little bit, you you have a good chance of being at least a D1 player. No, I know. Well, I know a lot of those guys too. When their playing time is done, then they'll try to shed that playing weight that they they put on, right? Yeah, it's just yeah. like uh, those seven foot basketball players. Just like if you're seven foot, your chances are skyrocketed. Yeah. Like Big Rexy being an old lineman. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Joe Joe Thomas, who's a Cleveland Brown great Hall future first ballot Hall of Famer. He played at like three twenty, um, and he's like two forty now, and he looks like he's like he's in great shape. It took him like maybe not even two years to slim down. It's like CC Sabathia. Yeah, <laughs> that That's I think that correct. one was. A- that was a few underlying issues, though, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we don't have to dive into that one yet. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, you want to make a early hot take uh, Super Bowl prediction? Um, just so we kind of have it recorded. Uh, everyone give who they think is going to meet in the Super Bowl and who's going to win. Um, and then, you know, we can go from there. All right. You start us off, buddy. I'm going Buccaneers. Lose to the Steelers in the Super Bowl. Well, I'm not next. I got I got to think about mine a little. Uh, yeah, Team Georgia. I don't honestly don't. Know. I know the I, Steelers. I think <laughs> Steelers or the Ravens will be in it. I don't know who they're playing. Love to see the Ra- Ravens versus the Steelers in the AFC Championship game. I could see that happen for sure. I think it'll be Chiefs Seahawks. Ooh. Yeah. And the NFC Championship will be a Seahawks Eagles matchup. No. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> they <laughs> just gotta get there. They are, you, Eagles, are you um, you an Eagles fan again? Well, I always have been. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy uh, how that division is like. What's the what's the leader in that division? Like under five hundred right now? They're they're yeah, three four and one right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I saw if every team in that division goes three and three within the division and loses out every other game. I think the Eagles will make the playoffs at, uh, it was five, 10 and one, I think. Oh, they'd, they'd, they'd host a, a home playoff game at five. That's a good division on opposite day. 
I've yeah. seen that uh, that division uh, against every other team not in the division was one in fifteen before before the Sunday. But hey, you know when it comes down to it, Eagles are leading their division. Browns are in what third? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, completely different. Okay, all right, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give my prediction here with the least knowledge by far uh, on the podcast. I'm gonna go Chiefs and Seahawks, and Chiefs are going back to back. Back to back. Holmes needs something to, good to go right for him. You know, he's kind of been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's, right he's, he's had no doesn't luck have, last year. Doesn't have a lot going for him right now. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be him and his his uh, little brother will be making TikToks all summer long if they win the Super Bowl again. Yeah, man. <laughs> nah, he kind of he's annoying on TikTok. I find. <laughs> Is he ever? <laughs> <laughs> But it's good we chose a podcast instead of TikTok. That was what it came down to. We were either going to start a TikTok account or a podcast. And it, yeah, it, it was one or the other. Yeah, we're yeah. not clear if we made the right choice yet, but you know, we enjoy this probably more. Yeah. <laughs> but now that we got video, I mean, you might see some of these on uh, on TikTok. That's right. All right, have we ever covered everything uh, so far, or uh, this episode? I mean, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Can we All talk right. about your pit or no? Huh? Are we going to talk about the pit or no? No. Next, next episode. All right. We'll save the pit. Keep, 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 keep going hanging. All right. All right. Thanks for, uh, thanks for listening to episode. Uh, don't forget to follow us on uh, Instagram. Subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whatever you use. Um, stay tuned for uh, next week's show. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Cheers, mate.